2: Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights and Northampton Town Audio Show. I'm Tom Reed and joining me for the penultimate show of the season are Andy Bodfish, Martin Maloney, and Ian Brant. How are you doing, guys? You okay?
3: All good here, yeah, Tom?
4: mate.
2: Yeah, so only a couple of games to go. Uber squeaky bum time. Andy, what's your feeling about cobblers staying up? It seems a bit of a long shot, doesn't it? But when there's life, there's hope, I guess. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, there's long shots, and uh, there's like I'd I'd love to think that um some sort of Houdini escapade can be performed, but um yeah, we're, we're down, mate we're down. and mm. um, you know we we deserve to go down as well the way we've played this season. Um, but on a lighter note, um my football moment of the week, um, it's, it's like, you've got to take what you can with the absolute um you know, hellscape this season has been. Um, Peterborough the other night, um, 2-0 up against Doncaster. The fans take to the streets. We are going up. We are going up. Uh, no, you're not, actually, lads, because um, Doncaster scored scored two in quick succession. And uh, it just reminded me of that, that Far Show sketch, you know, where um, the lads in the Far Show marching up to the club going, here we go, here we go. And they just, two, two bouncers stand in front of them and they just, it? no we don't no we don't no we don't <laughs> and um yeah i mean you we probably all saw the pictures the the the, the lads sort of you know took to the streets didn't they um in party mode and um hopefully just sort of skulked home about 10 minutes later I'd hate, to, I'd hate for
4: two seasons in a row for it to for them to fail would be awful wouldn't it
1: like last year <laughs> and
4: then this
3: year it, it would be heartbreaking it would be heartbreaking
2: <laughs> It'd be
1: terrible, wouldn't it?
2: But hasn't that happened? That's happened to us, Northampton, before, hasn't it? Was it the Grimsby game where Pete, uh, Grimsby were um, celebrating prematurely their promotion or whatever, and Cobblers went and ruined it? Yes, yes. Ryan, Ryan Gilligan goal from a corner. Um, yeah, they did. They'd invaded the pitch. It was
3: it was a happy days for them, and it was yeah. looking pretty fruity from the away end. Um, and yeah, they were all back on, and um, we equalised, and it became a bit fruity became very unpleasant but yeah. it
1: was bloody brilliant it's also it yeah, uh, like w- w- Wigan in 96 that happened as well they just needed a point to get in the um playoffs and Jason White climbed high to score oh, and, fight, and also fight, wasn't fight. there that wasn't there that story about um after the first leg of the playoff semi in 98 the Bristol Rovers Weren't they sort of singing We're Going to Wembley in the dressing room? And I seem to remember thing- Ian Atkins saying that they channeled that channeled that energy and the hurts into the second leg. And of course, they didn't go to Wembley. We did instead.
3: I think there um, was the thing that they had, didn't they announce
1: um, toward the end? Yes. The that's arrangements it. would be. That's we- exactly it. Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. It was literally that, wasn't it? Over the Tannoy.
2: Yes. Yeah. I can imagine Ian Incredible. Atkins' Eileen Drury figure. She was like, come on, guys, we're gonna get in a in, in a group circle, do some primal screaming about this. <laughs> she got the crystals out, mate. She did. She got the crystals out on uh, Chris Freestone. I think that
4: was when he went over to Bella Pasta and he was thinking like of the, the day of the game <laughs> and he had his top off in the car park on a sunny day and he was feeling nice and relaxed despite the um, the deficit. I'm sure that was the that was the game. Just go he, back
2: and listen. Did he say? Was it, did he say this on the interview of me? Because I must have blocked this out. Did he say that he was in Bella Pasta with his top off? Yeah,
4: I'm sure he cast. did. Well, if you go back to listen to that that podcast you did with him, I'm sure he mentioned like you know, even though they had that deficit to turn over, he was quite a relaxed atmosphere in the camp, and he was sat in the, the like the garden, alfresco dining at Bella Pasta with his top off.
2: I'm sure, he said that. You sure this you haven't just dreamt this in some Alan Partridge style dreamy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like when he's in
4: the, he's it
3: like feels like the sort of thing that should be true, even if it's not. Yeah, I, I want to believe that's true.
2: It makes a lot of sense with Ian Atkins. You can imagine that. He at, at that point he was in his pomp, wasn't he? He'd have his lotto trainers on, up on the table as well. He'd be leaning back going, We've got this, guys. Order me another, you know, pizza. Order me another bella pasta. Dish. so yeah I, I can see that being <laughs> completely true um as usual we going off on a tangent we're talking about the far show does anyone watch the uh far show the show aren't they showing every episode or there's like a recap of the far show on gold is it at the moment has anyone been watching it i saw also saw um yeah they did like a, a sort of a, a catch-up version when they were looking at like a retrospective when they were yep. looking at it and that was pretty cool what was your favorite far show character uh, andy what was yours
1: oh Um, I was a big fan of Dave Angelico Warrior. Yes. Because on one of those documentaries, they talk about the inspiration for those. um, You've probably all seen it if you're into The Fast Show. But do you remember um, Mark Williams did a character where he was like, you ain't seen me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm pretty sure that he said he was on a... He was standing waiting for a train at um, Waterloo, whatever. And the train... um, the train just happened to pull in, you know, where the dr- the driver's bit, where and just directly opposite. him. So he sort of the train grinds to a halt, and he's looking straight into the driver's cabin. And the um, the driver just looked Mark Williams in the eyes, and just gave that. He didn't say you ain't seen me right, but he gave that. You know that sort of gunshot, like pointed <laughs> at his eyes, and then looked at him, and then just walked off. And that's where it came from. And 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 um, Simon Day's wife apparently is. Um, it's like an environmentalist. So you're thinking that's where, um, you know, Dave Angel, Eco Warrior comes from. You know, sort of <laughs> They're just with a Frank Butcher element. I love that character.
2: That was a, that was a really good one. What about you, Martin? Have you got any favourite characters from the far show? Oh, I definitely think Roly Burke
3: in QC. <laughs> <laughs> genius, genius. I'm sure I saw something where they'd seen an interview with a clearly sozzled uh, bloke out by the house lord or a pie yes. and it was like well it's clear where the inspiration was from <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I don't know, you know Swiss Toady you
2: know it's just oh it's incredible
3: so it's pretty hard
2: to choose isn't it one yeah. of my favorite I'll go to Ian Fat Ian what's your favorite mate you watched it a lot didn't you
4: um I like competitive Dad yeah it's <laughs> <That is> good <laughs> it's been really it, it's been in a lot hasn't it because obviously like they're doing the old boris johnson they're saying about this week i'll be mostly and when he came out was it to pay respects to prince philip said he looked like that this week i'll be mostly eating <laughs> <laughs> and, obviously, and obviously there's been a lot of people saying oh yeah the super league's a good idea and then they use the john thompson arsenal fan like yeah meme, when he's like which which one are we yeah, but I tell you, is a do you know the lad who plays um, Paul in the Swiss Tony sketches? Yeah, he's, yeah. um He's oh, quite quite jealous of him because I listened to a podcast he did ages ago, and he's like how he got into showbiz. He's about my age, and he basically rang up shooting stars. Like I think he got the number from somewhere, and he said, you "Got any uh, got any tickets for this week's show?" And they said, "Oh no, you don't ring us. You ring you know the studio." And he goes, "Oh, got any work experience?" And Bob Morton was like, he goes, go on then. Yeah, usually people only get work experience at TV companies because they're related to someone. Go on then, you cheeky side, come in. And that was it. Yeah. And it went from there. Yeah, and that's brilliant. how his career started. And he did all like, he did, I think he was like operating the Dove from above. And then I think they went on tour with the Far Show. And then, yeah, he ended up in loads of Far Show sketches as well. Yeah, that's like, proper chance and him and his mate he, he, went, he went to school with at Essex and like they've both gone on to have proper careers off the back of yeah. that and like his mates with Game of Thrones and all stuff like that so I just wish That's I'd make, made a cheeky made a, made a cheeky yeah. phone call for work experience centre instead of Halston Heath Garden Centre my life might have been different would not it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it with the fast show as well don't you think I mean I was watching that about when I was, I was 17 or so and then I, I didn't obviously really funny, and you love the characters, but don't appreciate how clever they are, sort of perceptive, until you're a lot older. Like the That's one awesome. that um, the one that rings a bell with me now is you know they they um, the, the middle class alcoholics. Yeah. I'm not yeah. drunk, just o- yeah, opening yeah. the the fridge fr- like my mate's mum and dad are like that. <laughs> I've seen him like walk into cupboards and stuff in the middle of the day. I'm not drunk. <laughs> Wait, you're, abs- you're abs- <laughs> absolutely hammered everyone knows it you can't say it out loud you know
2: i quite like the on. um the pub not do you remember the pub not uh, i think it was called oh, billy oh, yeah. bubbles or something mickey bubbles or something billy bleach. Uh, and billy bleach that was it billy bleach yeah and is it the one where he he gets in the pickle with the change he's trying to like the change. he's like you owe that <laughs> 250s yeah oh, yes yeah I think that was how the whole going, I think that Car-
4: was how Cad and Grossman lost that loan money. It was like <laughs> <you're watching that.
3: laughs> someone still owes someone twelve million quid.
2: <laughs> you have two fifties. Two fifties makes a makes a pound. And yeah, that was. And they used to say, "Hold the bells," didn't he? Hold yeah. the bells on the fruit machine. And it always used to make me laugh because my mate was like that. He was he, my mate always thought he had a way around of beating the fruit machines with holding certain things. Hold that. Do that. And then all his, he would lose all his money <laughs> Yeah. In terrible moods. So, yeah, I like that character. And um, the competitive dad is just very well observed because a lot of men are like that. I'm, I was playing um, swing ball with our lad the other day, and um, I'm just at one point I noticed myself really wanting to just hit the ball round and round, and then I was just thinking, oh, I'm turning into this character from the show on yeah. swing ball. The only way you'll yeah. learn, mate. The only way you'll learn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't they play cricket in the
2: park and he just he hits it like about 50 yards away then uh, then just runs loads of runs yeah a good
1: one. love it
2: what, what about the um probably my favorite is the uh, artist the guy the twisted artist whenever he talks about <laughs> the letter, word black
1: <laughs> yeah they're all brilliant brilliant show. Yeah.
4: I find that, do you, know, I, do you know, I equate with that now when you're watching a nature documentary with Attenborough and he's going about these whales are amazing or this rainforest, and it's like, in a minute, he's going to say it. In a minute, he's going to say it. It's not brown, though, it's man, but man, <laughs> because of man, all this is at risk and we've
2: ruined it. And
4: da, da, da. you think, here he goes. It's just like, yeah, it's just like the artist with black. <laughs>
2: But that's what it makes me feel like watching The Cobblers a little bit. It's sort of like everything's fine and then it just suddenly, something turns when you're watching a game and it, everything goes black, black, black.
1: Yeah.
2: Fires of hell, yeah. It's
1: very
2: so appropriate. yeah. Uh, far show. Yeah, I think they're showing every episode on Dave or Gold or whatever. Um My dad's called Dave and my dad finds the Dave channel really offensive. That thinks he's taking the piss out of him so he won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, what the hell are we going on about? I think it must be now Martin's football mate of the week.
3: I, I can't really follow that. My mine is incredibly boring. Um, so yeah, a bit a bit, a bit wrapped up with work but I did think to see at the weekend. Um, St Johnston beat Rangers in the Scottish Cup um, semi-final in dramatic, proper cup style. So. Rangers, to, you know, hats off to Gerard, You know, they, they've absolutely walked um, the SPL um, deservedly. My, it pains me to say. Um, but, yeah, it should have been an easy route to really, the Scottish Cup final there, playing um, St. Johnston. Uh, St. Johnston have equalised uh, to make it 1-1 to take the gateway extra time. Rangers score again. 122nd a minute. Keeper goes up for a corner. Yeah. Doesn't score it Jimmy Glass style, but te- tees up the equaliser, and just you know, for the big team getting beat by the little team, good enough. But to finish it in that kind of style, kind of classic cup football.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Where actually St Johnston is that? Is that a Glasgow-based club? I, I couldn't tell. No, it's, per, it's Perth. So it's Perth. Like isn't it? a,
3: on the road between Edinburgh and Dundee, about halfway between the two. OK,
2: so Alan Partridge, you might have driven through it barefoot. May well,
3: <laughs> may well, may well have taken something, something along the A90 up there, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I find Scottish football quite, you know, it's quite, quite intriguing, really. I, I, I really should have gone to like more Scottish games and stuff. And there's there's clubs like that. I was always interested in Caldon Beef because they were called the Blue Brazil and they had a banger racing track in the middle of their pitch and stuff like that. It's just... Uh, Martin, have you been up there to watch any games? Um... Where have
3: I been? I've, I don't know. I've worked in Livy, um, quite while, but I was never while um, was playing. The good thing there, I mean, I've worked up in our depot in Livingston. uh, Well, obviously, I, just, I was in, in Livy, in our, our big Tesco depot there. And um, what's interesting is if you look at a map of Scottish football, so many clubs are within about an hour of each other. You've got that sort of corridor between Edinburgh and Glasgow. Then you've got a few kind of out out to the west odd ones down like queen of south Stranraer down to the south and then you've got ones up in fife kind of east northeast of um, edinburgh but then it's like there's just really random ones like much further afield. but most games are you're playing a team within an hour an hour and a half which i think must make for you know great sort of bounce but in, in a, depo, a big depot up there You had supporters of every club. Loads of Celtic, Rangers, Hibs, Hearts. But I always like you met the Dumbarton fan or the guy who goes to watch East Fife. They were the ones who intrigued me much more and had better stories.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Has anyone else been to a Scottish game?
3: No. Um,
1: Can can I just just shock you? I've never been to
3: Scotland.
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) a
3: It's such a weird one. That so reminds me, there's a song by the Proclaimers, the the lovesick Kilmarnock blues about going an away game at Kilmarnock. And the first line is, I've never been to Ayrshire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll link it out in our WhatsApp chat after. And is it one of those ones where it's sort of like, it's so far north that it's, you know, you either have to fly there, to drive there is just a pain, you know, it must be one of well, those
1: ones. Yeah, that could be it. Mm. I just, it's never panned out that way. Um It's 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 hideous because I've got a mate who just adores the place, mm. and uh, he'll often he'll often take holidays there, um, you know, of his own free will and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently, it's beautiful. Um, and Edinburgh is, you know, everyone who's been there says, "Oh, you got to go there, mate." Um, but just never have. It's it's a real bad blind spot actually, and I'm not proud of myself for it.
2: We'll have to do a Wallach road trip up to St Johnston or somewhere, you know, one of those clubs. Another away day after Bill Finally, go to Calden Beef
1: and see the Blue Brazil on their Racing <laughs> track. Just. To, to I mean, presumably everyone's been to Edinburgh
2: after. I hear it's it's brilliant. No, I haven't. No. It's, yeah, yeah. i yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd always, working in Livy. I'd always really try fine. and stop in Leith,
3: which is kind of yeah. Edinburgh,
2: yeah. Martin's a Hibs fan, and I, I I lean towards Hearts. So it's yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, bit of a dodgy one. I, beast I beast mainly lean towards Hearts because of the colour of their kit. That's about it. That's
4: <laughs> Is, hey, um, is, that, is that from the studio days When you did, uh, get Northampton Town Stroke Hearts of Midlothian
3: Yeah <laughs> Yeah that rings a bell yeah. actually Yeah yeah, yeah. They didn't, didn't quite go down to the badge level did they It was like right, maroon stroke claret shirts Right that's how Hearts Torino And Northampton Town yeah. <laughs> To be fair though
4: I think they did the same For Villa Burnley and West Ham As well
1: didn't they So. <laughs> didn't Hearts have that wicked sponsor Strongbow as well Yes, in a, in, a, yeah, in, a, in a V, in a V, wouldn't it? Well, aren't they next to the
4: um, brewery? I'm am, am I thinking. Are they? Yes, I, I, th- I no. think. Is, I think there, there is the brewery th- right next to it, next I to Harts' ground. So. It might might not be where they make strong ale.
3: Mm. My se- my second appearance on the pod, um, I think I did from Leith. Oh
4: wow. Oh, okay. You have technically been to Scotland, then Andy, because you've spoke.
1: Yeah.
2: To, you've been I'll on the podcast. I, actually, yeah, that was stand up in court. My <laughs> my friend, um, always probably still does now. Buy hearts of heart, heart of Midlovian. It's not hearts of Midlovian. Heart of Midlovian scars because they were better than ours, but it's like a similar colour. So he's got actually loads of heart scars at home. But um, yeah, that I, I quite like him as well. They're. Right, boring everyone again. Fan-owned club, and they're doing some really good stuff up there. So they're uh, they're a pretty good outfit. <laughs> Ian, give us a football moment of the week, mate. Have you been watching any football? What have you been up to? I'll tell you what it is stuff. It's, I've been
4: watching footballers. This is the thing, right? Okay. Obviously, we were celebrating Alex Scott getting the question of sport job and the football focus job in recent months. Yeah. And if you saw the news today, Jermaine Genius has now been. He's been announced as the permanent host of the one show, two days, two days a week. Did you see like that it. press release today? He's no. doing, he's doing, I think, two days. Ronan Keating, I think he's doing three days. And apparently, Alex Jones um, is doing all five. So that's a step up, in it, from coming on a sub for the Cobblers to <laughs> be doing the one show, <laughs> five days a week. That, that yeah, did you get this? Ian, did
2: you get this from um, Tim, Tim Oglethorpe's Daily Mail TV column?
4: <laughs> <laughs> TV talk,
2: and it I, well
4: It was on the B, It was just on the BBC news, and it said as well. Obviously, other footballers that have gone into presenting. Has anyone seen Dion Dublin on Homes Under the Hammer?
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately. It was a. unfortunately? Oh my god. I, was can't, well, I can't stand property shows for loads of different reasons, but I was saying to my dad the other day. Do you know when um, they realised that the Wall Street crash was going to happen? Was I think it was when the shoeshine boys were talking about um, trading <laughs> stocks and shares. You know when a property bubble is about to burst is when Dion Bloody Dublin is talking about buying and selling houses for profit. That's what it's like for me. It's like, what what is he even doing there? Like I don't get it at all. My, anyway, sorry. My he's my he's making a living, mate.
4: My football <laughs> highlight of the week was was d on this week on homes under the hammer he was in this oh, house no. and, um and the bar can you believe this guys the bathroom was downstairs right? and I there was no staircase either like the i don't know what was up with the staircase it was just completely un you know and un, unwalkable you couldn't get up it so he did yeah. a bit of a joke he like and, the, and it was like a really sort of 80s shower unit stand-up <laughs> shower unit and he pretended he was um on the teleporting thing, on, on the Starship Enterprise and he's like, "Beam me upstairs," <laughs> and he like they did an effect, but he never, he never, he didn't like, he didn't get up there. But it was a good little, you know, good little moment. You get some good little bits on Homes Under the Hammer. I do like it. I
2: like the music. <laughs> I mean, like, I like
4: the way they link. They'll link every little line into a song. They've got like, they'll say, "I don't know." They'll, they'll, say, <laughs> they'll say, yeah, like, "No, I
1: know what you mean. I know totally what Ian's talking say, about." Like,
4: yeah, it was like I don't know. They'll be filming in I don't know, Luton, and they'll go, oh, and this isn't far from the first branch of Iceland that was opened here in 1970, and then they'll play it cold as ice, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: or <laughs> Martin, <laughs> or Martin Fisher Price, bless him, will say, oh, yeah. you open to take a profit here, are you?" And they'll just, <laughs> they just drop, they'll just drop in money, money, money by Abba. <laughs> you know,
4: you've got <laughs>
1: exactly. Talk exactly, about editing by. Putting those programs together just in your sleep. But, but, Did he get his you,
2: tube out
1: you, here? Yeah, exactly. Dion's yeah. Tube. <laughs> that Martin Fisher. That's though, it, well, you some.
4: know when you've been watching it too when you start recognizing the not only the landlords but also the estate agents that come and price <laughs> it. When they play, they play that music that they used to catwalk to in am, don't they? All like a, a budget version of it. That like, dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dung. And they, <laughs> and then like, yeah, they'll have like an estate agent pretend to look around the house. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I just can't get. I just can't get. A but you do. I'm starting to recognise the landlords and stuff. Like there was one on oh. last week. This, this, there was this landlord on last week, right? And he was going, yeah. And they're saying, what attracted you to this house? He goes, oh, I've got a lot of properties around here. Me and my wife, um, we own some businesses around here, and we, we own some petrol stations and blah blah blah. And then at the end, he said, they go, what, what's, what's planned? What you got planned next? And he goes oh if I can't find the ideal property I want a flying car and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> and then like, a few days later there was this other lady on and they were like and she's like oh yeah I've bought this property because we own a petrol station
1: around the corner I was like that's the flying car bloke's wife <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm with, I'm with Tom there just they just make my they make my bum itch property programs So we're thinking of putting putting a walk-in shower in. Well, how were you getting into the one before? You know, come on. And, you know, Martin Fisher, this is a door. This is a
3: window (laughs) frame.
1: (laughs) That that bloke is stealing a living,
3: mate. It is the most hellish sort of TV. It's just, like, horrific. It's, you know, as much as anything... You know, you've got a huge, most young people without rich parents, you know, just owning a house is a a tough aspiration. Exactly. And people just kind of treating places to live as effectively opportunities to make money and it being venerated on daytime TV. It's just
4: died. On the plus side, side, Tom has got a good episode title for this week's show, Ricky Holmes under the hammer. There you go.
1: Yay! (laughs)
4: But yeah, no, I was just going to say, if only Ricky Holmes would sign for a club managed by a former West Ham player, the headline is written, isn't it? Holmes under the former hammer. It would just oh. be sore. Sauc- <laughs> this is a gave-
1: driveway.
4: <laughs> if they could do the Holmes under the hammer, like, reveal thing, you know, when it's like before and after, if they could do that with the East Stand, wouldn't it? But don't
1: you know that, six years later? It seems oh, to be no. exactly
4: the same. Dude, Some of them get it right. really quick, but this one's going, yeah. This one's took like well longer than six years, knowing it.
1: That will make a great sketch.
2: That's what we call a project, isn't it? The stand it's a doer upper, it's a doer upper. It's got no roof, <laughs> it's got no walls, or
1: well, even better, get Kirsty also to put <laughs> flower arrangements around it. <laughs> yes. You could do a lot with scaffolding. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: Actually, that's a good point. Didn't someone tweet you, Tom, this week about um, about that penalty? Um, uh, 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 and someone mi- and someone else said about someone missed the penalty and it hit yeah. one of Tony Ansel's hanging baskets on his burger yes. van. Was- I don't remember the burger van in the hotel
1: and of his <laughs> hanging. <laughs> <laughs> no, no me neither. I
4: know no, runs Abington Park Cafe and stuff, but. I didn't. I didn't know. Like
1: he had gone into just, it. Like <laughs> it's exactly the same when
2: I saw that. I, was it doctor tall Paul Roy that tweeted us that? I think he. It was, I think he it might have been talking going. about Dean Thomas's penalty, maybe. But apparently it was so bad that it knocked down some guttering and yeah, and some hanging baskets or something <laughs> like that. It's like, but but you wouldn't put it past Tony Ansell to say like, right, it's time to, it's time to invest a little bit in our portfolio here. Let's put some hanging baskets in, and then. Lo and behold,
4: but if, but no, it. I, I would love that. I would love that. Like, did you see that Australian game? Was it David Squires? It was that, that Aussie game. And behind one of the goals, they had a, an advert, and it was a giant inflatable ketchup bottle. I'm all for like decorating football stadiums just to make things a bit more interesting. Why not? <laughs> Let's turn like the East stand. Let's turn it into a bit of a con- conservation project. Like Chris Packham, and put some boxes for the bats and stuff <laughs> at night. And, tracked some of those nearby swallows in. Just you know, I was stood up there in the week, actually. I took the kids to the fair and I was queuing up and I was looking at what was Phoenix Athletics Club and I was thinking, well, that looks a bit, that's pretty shambolic considering, you know, it was a proper community facility. But then I was thinking, actually, he's quite good for the wildlife. Attenborough would be pleased. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone actually seen, and Martin will have, because he's sometimes, he actually sits in this part of the stadium, that owl in the East End, the plastic owl. Yeah, yeah i've seen
3: that yeah they, i think they got one up well you, you got them in the western haven't you one at either end i think to scare away the birds is it a real owl or is it a plastic owl Martin? because owls don't move mate, a lot if it's a real owl it's it's seen was it the medusa or whatever because it appears to have turned to a kind of stone colored plastic
2: <laughs> i think it's a real owl and someone's forgotten to, you got if you're listening james whiting Gareth Show, make sure you go and feed the owl. I don't know how you you do it particularly. You have to get one of those like falconer's gloves with a little bit of like meat on it, try and cool it down. But I think in lockdown, that owl has been neglected. So yeah. Um, but I think about the back of the East Stand now. I think apparently, some, do you know the, the TV show Chernobyl? Has anyone seen that? <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, yeah. wonderful piece it's of amazing television. show. Yeah. Apparently they're using they're, they're gonna try and use the back of the East down the Athletics track for a, you know, the the new set. So at least it's got some <laughs> use. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's let's move on. We've been talking rubbish for ages now. Let's move on to <laughs> the cobblers underrated eleven. We're on to the forwards now. It's pretty much finishing it off unless we go into underrated managers, physios, god knows what else. But we're on to the forwards. We've had loads tweeted in. So um thanks for everyone that has tweeted in. Um any? Have you guys got anyone off the top of your head for an underrated forward that was, uh, you know, underappreciated at Cobblers? I think that I
3: think our um, our followers and tweeters are, are off. They've out. They've outdone anyone I had. I don't think it, I've got anyone on my list that hasn't been tweeted in at least a couple of times.
2: Yeah, fair do. So let's go through some of the ones that people have tweeted in. Uh, let's just start at the top. Um, Gavin Foster often tweets us. Michael Smith and Louis Malt. Now Louis Malt rings a bell, and he he was a decent striker under Boothroyd. I think he went up to Scotland. But um, Michael Smith, anyone? Yeah, bit big, strong lad, on
3: um, quite tall. Came on loan from oh someone Championship. Tall, fair haired guy. Didn't didn't score very many. Yeah. But looked an abs looked an absolute beast, really, really strong. I think he did. He scored, I think, one glorious header up at the um the south stand. But just yeah, didn't never seemed to um kind of put it all together. I th- I think he may have been on loan at AFC Wimbledon the season before. I remember thinking, yeah. even lad Harry Pell in centre midfield for them were like absolutely fantastic players. And it was like, when I heard we got Smith, it was like, Oh, this will be good. But yeah, never worked out, but look like all the ingredients were there. And I think he's playing champ. might be at Rotherham now.
2: Um, done all right for himself. Yeah. Fair play. I'm just, um I brought up, uh, Dr. Tall, Paul Riley. I think he's in Australia. So hello. All the way in Australia, Paul. Um, I think he's one of Jefferson, Jefferson lakes mates from back in the day. He did treat us to say, this is going back to the old penalty thing again. Uh, he hit one of the hanging baskets by the Tony Atzel hut at the back of the spy on cop once which emptied its contents on the man below <laughs> so just... there it is for everyone guys if anyone else can corro- corroborate this maybe you're the man that had these hanging baskets landed on your head like not only do you watch a terrible penalty you've got the contents of a hanging basket on your head so if, you, if that is you just can you tweet us in <laughs> um, let's go back to some of the oh, go on mate
4: that's a Danny Baker calling question if there is a, you know anything funny that's ever hit you on the head during a football match yeah, a hanging basket
2: <laughs> A geranium <laughs> I don't I don't really know what goes in a hanging basket but a geranium sounds reasonable <laughs> um, Yeah, so let's go back into some of the underrated players now Andy Priest, that sounds like a nineteen late 80s player, Andy Priest, am I right? Yes, yeah, came in yep. about eighty eight, eighty nine.
3: I I think I remember him playing in Charlton. We played Charlton in the cup, I think. Um he went on to had a decent career. I think he played for Wrexham and Palace. And I think he managed might have managed Wrexham for a while as well. So yeah, went on quite he's quite quite young and uh skiddy when he's with us, but toughened up and had himself a decent career. Yeah,
2: often the way, sometimes yep. these players are just passing through really, aren't they? And you don't often see the best of them. They show a bit of promise but then they show it further on or in their career so that sort of... He was almost a one,
1: wonder. He can't have played more than a couple of games. No, I don't, I
3: don't think he... May, I reckon he maybe started one or two if that... Yeah. Play.
2: Uh, Andy yeah, can get yeah. his book out and have a little
3: look while we're talking. He's I uh, oh, will do, mate. Get
2: I'll get have a rubbish.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh Jefferson Lake. Can't make it tonight, but he's tweeted it in. Uh, uh, Pat Gavin scored two of the most important goals in the history of the club. However highly he's rated, it's probably not enough. And that makes like loads of sense in terms of Pat Gavin because you can't underestimate his impact. And people were saying basically if we would have gone down at that point in you know in that season, we'd um we might not have made it out in the same way that you know, the club that we support now. Do you reckon that's that's right, guys? Martin? Yeah, I I think um,
3: the early 90s, it wasn't, you know, the club wasn't necessarily um, as well. God, we've had our troubles with how well run we are, but, you know, I think they they keep a decent eye on budgets and whatnot. Back then, it could be a bit terminal because things were a bit more amateurish. And, we you know, we did see clubs that disappeared almost without trace. So, yeah, it it could have been a worse one. You know, I mean, these years, you know, we could have... You know, we could have an awful season next year and do a bit of a South End, like what was like South End nearly did, go down again. But you'd think, oh, it's probably not the end of the club. It's you know, you're going to be on a lower budget. You'd still, I think, have a feeling you come back. But back then, you could have got in a spiral, and you know, your you Stockport County, your York City, many years later, sorry, others that look a long, long way from ever
2: getting back. Mm, yeah, I, I remember those times. Pretty vividly, and, and we talked about it before. I remember Pat Gavin came in back for Wigan after he'd left us. He told me when I spoke to him quite a few years ago that he wanted to stay at the football club and just the contract just wasn't there. I don't think maybe they could not afford him or whatever. Wigan were probably paying slightly more, but um, that Shrewsbury was it 93? 93? Yes. The Great Escape? Yeah, May 93. Did you go, Martin? Yes, yes, I was there. It was a, a very, very fantastic afternoon. Was it a case of do you know how we're we're feeling now we're feel all feeling slightly forlorn in terms of we think it's a, even though we've got a little, little squeak we we're sort of feeling we're down did did you at that time feel we were down or did you you think well we had a you know bit of a chance or was it just a complete surprise what happened?
3: no no, I think um, you know it wasn't totally in our, in our own hands I think we had to I think we had to better the result of it might have been Halifax and Hereford, maybe. Um, I could be wrong on the other two teams that were playing, but the result, I think, we'd got back to 2-1 after yep. two one after that down at halftime. Then I think the team we wanted to not lose the other game took the lead, and it was just yeah, it was just carnage after that. Um, Shrewsbury collapsed, uh, and what, what I remember that doesn't get mentioned like, there's that wonderful. Um, gary maybe video on on youtube of the day which is well worth a watch um yeah. there were some berry fans down there because they needed ours, we basically us beating shrewsbury meant they were in the playoffs so i guess not everyone was playing at the same time as, as you would do now for things to be fair but yeah it was a quality afternoon i mean being so so young then my mate had driven down and you know we just had a had an absolute ball i think if um you know, doing it these days on the bus with pub stops and things, it would have been a much
2: more liquid affair for me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the video, and there were fences at the game in those days, weren't there? A whole was, different yeah. ball game. Um You see the fans spill over from the fences at the end, and uh, that ground's not even there anymore. It was quite well, well located, wasn't it? It was down in the river because the, the ball used to go in the river, and the man with the coracle used to go and get it, didn't he? That was a uh, yes, yes, Shrewsbury. So yeah, um Pat Gavin, obviously written into folklore and history of cobblers and that infamous guy that runs on the pitch at the end and says champions and he f- sort of forgets that we're at the bottom of the league and he goes next season <laughs> That should be our that should be our motto on our shirts. I still I still maintain that. So um yeah, yeah Pat Gavin. Just
4: amazing. Do you know I watched yeah. that as well? When you see Dave Bowen at the end saying about, oh, you know what it means to the people of Northampton, you know, these football club. I get, you know, that video's got everything. It's got, yeah, choked up when I see that bit, Dave Bowen at the end there. But it's just hilarious as well, like the fashions. When they're interviewing that girl at the beginning and the Deirdre Barlow specs about yeah. staying up and Phil Chard getting this big, getting bear hoods off these big guys. Might have even been Martin himself, actually, might have been
3: there it's it's one of the, I, i've never seen myself on the video i think i'm sure i wouldn't i had a, a really horrible black and yellow ski jacket back in those days oh, i'm God. sure i wouldn't have been wearing it in may but i couldn't spot me in any of the other terrible outfits of the of the time of my sort of being 19 or 20 as i would have been that year <laughs>
2: I'm sure Camry. they interviewed Janet York at the beginning, don't they? Janet York's on that video, I'm sure. Like a young young Janet York, she was down there. The woman that ran the club I shop for a long right. time. She's
4: right at the beginning, yeah, when they're talking to the fans.
2: Yeah, different days, different days. But um, yeah, definitely worth watching that video. It's quite it's funny. And, and Dave Bowen saying, this in his Welsh accent, this must never happen again. And then I think the next season, it happened again. Well,
4: we only baked <laughs> because of the... Uh, yeah, because on the
1: technicality,
3: didn't we? Yeah, Kidderminster, didn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it, what it was? A, it was a disgrace that we were allowed to stay in the league, um, so many times, and you know, with a shit ground. It's um, oh, no. a bit all like this, the old this, the old boys club. All,
4: exactly. All this scandal about the Super League being a closed shop. Hey, we <laughs> yeah. we we don't. It's exactly what it was. I mean, they and before that, they had re-election, didn't they? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. and that, again, it was just it was just favours and like. Uh, not funny handshakes, but, you know, clubs like Crewe and Northampton that needed needed those votes to stay in more often than not, you know, it probably gave some leverage when they were selling players.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah,
3: big time. Yeah. One of the best things they did, putting relegation in, I think was fantastic. And I'd love them to go to four up, four down. Um, I think it would it would make it less scary to be relegated to the National League because I think two up... You know, when it was one up, it was hard because you had to have the best season out of those clubs and always be a couple with a bit of money or good manager or get a good side together. And two up is better. But you go four up, four down. I think you'd you'd really invigorate the national league. It'd be scary for
2: a Cobblers fans though, because we'd no doubt be down there at some point. So yeah, yeah. it's all about. I mean, if,
1: if you factored in a promotion and relegation playoff into that as well, you yeah. get some fantastic matches well, you, and drama. you
3: could. You could go two in the playoffs from the conference.
1: Yeah, exactly. Two, yeah.
3: two up automatically, two in the playoffs, or three up automatically, two in the playoffs from either end for that last spot. Oh, that
2: that could be great. Could you do that thing of like a playoff, literally between the the team in the, uh, from above in the relegation zone, and then the team from below, and they face off each other, and whoever wins up. Yeah, that that was the the first season we had the playoffs
3: in eighty six eighty seven. It was the third or fourth bottom team from one division and then the three, fourth, fifth and sixth, say, from the division below. Yeah.
4: Didn't they, didn't they play some of those games at neutral venues or something? Like, is this before, was this like the final? Because I remember seeing in the con saying, it's been confirmed if Cobblers get in the playoffs that the neutral venue, the game will be played with. I think
3: it well, so it's
1: neutral it, I thought that. w- weren't they just home and away two-legged? It was might I be think, wrong there.
3: I think the, the, the semi-finals were home and away, and I think the finals because I think oh, now you're talking. No, I think the final was two-legged as well because Aldershot beat Wolves that season, which yeah. is amazing amazing combination of results to think about right now, and that was beating them over two legs. So Aldershot shot went from winning the playoffs during a couple of years being out of business. Then, well, I think a good, good ten, twelve years later, I think. Yeah, oh, maybe, maybe not that long. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, some, something along those lines. And but to be fair, Wolves had nearly been out of business in the the years previous. Mm. That signing of Steve Ball for fifty grand from West Brom is probably, it's probably one of the most. Um, when a club's really down on the backside, you, sometimes you hit gold or
2: old gold, I guess you might say. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even know Steve Ball came from West Brom. Like what a, what a like a strange dichotomy that is. Of like local rivals selling someone for 50 grand. He turns out to be an England international, like pretty, pretty unheard of. Um, let's move on to some other ones just before we wrap up. Uh, we've got they uh, from Northampton town, Turkey, the Turkish cobbler's account all the way from Izmir in Turkey. I hope you're doing okay over there, mate. Um, he's gone for I would argue the second one is not underrated because he's one of my all time favourite cobblers. Uh but um and I'll go to you on the first one, Andy. Do you reckon that Ian Atkins would think David Seal was underrated?
1: <laughs> oh, where to start? Um with one of the most complex and beautiful um relationships between mentor and protege in the history of Northampton. Um, exactly. Well, well said uh, I, I, underrated I'm not sure he would have said he was underrated he would have just said he probably didn't fulfil his his potential I would have said
2: I think you're right about that I reckon there was a, a, there was a whole complex psychology between, probably not on David Seale's part because I reckon David Seal was probably quite a laid back Australian, didn't want to do that much work up front, just score goals but with Ian Atkins, I reckon he, Ian Atkins was hurt deep inside that David Seal went running the channels for him and doing all the, you know, hold up work that maybe a John Gale would do. But David skill well, Yeah, David it's Seale's
1: like that, that thing that, that um I suppose, you know, you're a parent of a child that doesn't try hard enough. It's it's one thing to know that your child hasn't got the ability, but it's another thing to know that they've got the ability, but they don't use it. Um and I think he would say that about um about Dave Seal. CeeLo. From what I remember. I liked
2: I thought CeeLo was really good. And um it was at that time when cobblers were signing like strikers that were quite exciting. We had Carlo Corazin in, which I thought was a massive coup to get him. Um, David Seattle, people like that. We had some like real talent up front, and it. it was sort of fairly exciting times for you exotic, know exotic, Yeah. yeah. You got, yeah, got your Canadians,
1: you got your Australians coming in. Mm. Danny Foster
2: <laughs>
4: um, Steve Howard about Era. Yeah. Yeah, not so, bad. yeah,
2: um, I just think the David Seal thing, when uh, Andy went to uh, Ian Atkins' house and Ian Atkins was basically saying to, you know, Andy. Andy, tell us what he was saying. He was saying basically that you'd have to, you had to, you had well, to say yeah, something about it was, David it, no, Seal. it was
1: more, at the t- it was more um, when we sort of went to see him on a Monday, really. Um, I think he was over the Seal thing by the time it all went um, a bit pear-shaped, him and the club. But yeah, he was just saying he was trying to use us. He was trying to use local media to say, "Can't you put out the story that um, you know Ian's disappointed in David?" Type thing. Um, <laughs> psychology. Um, you know, it was Brian Clough. It was Trevor Francis. It was. Um, it was. It was. It was the tough love. It was trying to get the best out of someone that you can't show that you love, but you hate. But you love, but you hate. Yeah, uh-huh. it, was,
2: it, it, it was a good little. It was a good little thing. It was touching. I can imagine. We talked about this before. Ian Atkins now, even though he scouted Robert Lewandowski, he was worth two point five million, and someone else, I can't remember who it was, another amazing Polish player. Even though he's done that, he's he's been around the world scouting. He's done all this stuff. Been to the World Cup. Bet you sometimes at night he lies there just thinking, "Why can't I get more out of David Seal?" And it's <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a story for our ages. It's something that someone, you know, a nineteenth-century novelist would would write about that relationship. It's a
1: shame you didn't know all this information before you interviewed him, and then because you could have just leant forward, Parkinson's style, and said, "Look, Ian, you know, two words, David Seal." Yeah.
2: Uh, I bet you wouldn't have shut him up. Should we do an extra? Should we do an extra uh, extra show where I'll, basically I just ring him up and just say that? we will get you to do it, Andy because you you got David the, Seal uh, discuss. Were, yeah, hi David, we've got a message for you from the early
3: nineties. Would you like to hear <laughs> it?
2: <laughs> Let's get them both in a studio. It's gotta happen. We've got to we've got to fix this or we'll just get some sort of outcome out of it. Remember that.
4: Remember that damned United with Don when they invite Cluffy in and then Don Mevy's
3: there. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, that T chint- V interview. Ambush yeah. interview.
1: Mm. Well what an amazing film that is, by the way.
4: We could I where you could film it you could film it in like the empty sort of like um derelict Chicago's couldn't you for a bit of atmosphere you <laughs> would like get Carter <laughs> wouldn't it
2: <laughs> Andy could bring awesome. out a sizzling platter that we've made on a makeshift stove up the back just to try and set the scene put it in between the pair of them and just say guys it's time it's time to talk Times oh, top. just
1: on. Yeah, I'm visualising the props now. Necking wine out of a bottle. Um, <laughs> that would be happening somewhere in the background. It'd be like a Hogarth painting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gin Alley. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Seal seems to have gone off grid, so maybe he's like scarred by the whole thing, and he just doesn't want to talk. We're gonna have to we have to put some money up to get him to get him out to get him up to Northampton again. But like. With with David Seal, and Ian Atkins, we haven't got much content over the summer, so that could be a good filler. We'll just do like we could do it with other people, famous other people that've fallen out of the football club. Who else has fallen out? Uh, oh,
4: you could like get Gary. Someone mentioned Gary Thompson, didn't they, as an underrated striker? Yeah. You, you could yeah. recreate the um, the incident in the, um, the the famous fight, the Carl Heggs and everyone scrapping in the club shop, couldn't you?
2: John Gale, John Gale and Carl Heggs. Yeah. That's
4: a good one. Wasn't it Gary Thompson hiding under the counter or something?
2: No, Tomo says that it was. uh, Tomo says that Clarkson and Frayne were thick as seas and they were hiding under the counter while it was going on. Oh, well. Clarkson is a bit dubious. He's a bit like. You know, we've had Clark Carkey on a few times and he's been a bit sort of like he hasn't really he hasn't really confirmed or denied that. But we could easily set that straight. Just get them to face off. Um, we could also do Gary Johnson and Leon McKenzie. That would be a good one. Um, i read Leon McKenzie's book. I really recommend it. And he said that basically he fell out with Gary Johnson big time and he went to confront him in inverted commas. Well, I would say physically physically. Um, and Gary, and then Mackenzie left football, didn't he, and became like a, quite a good boxer, professional boxer. So I think Gary Johnson, yeah. <laughs> Gary Johnson was let off in, of that one. But yeah, there's probably quite a few sort of feuds over the years between Cobblers. We could do this is a good feature. We'll get this sorted out. Andy's going to be the host in Chicago, derelict Chicago's host. Oh, do it like what, like, like MC? <laughs> <laughs> No, Andy's going to be wearing like a 1970s suit and have a cigarette and he's just going to be...
1: Well, no, I'll, yeah, I'll dig out the uh, the white tuxedo jacket from North Fancy TV Karaoke Challenge Grand Final. Um, <laughs> t- 1,200 um, ticket-buying customers. Uh, I'll have you know. Where, Where was that? that? In Chicago's? That was in Chicago's, yeah.
2: 1,200 ticket-buying customers?
1: Yeah, there were 1,200
2: people in there.
4: Wow, mate, you were the you were the jagger jagger on Woody of your era, weren't you? you it was <laughs> um, me,
1: me, me, me and TJ. TV, yeah, it was. Uh, it was quite something. That what a time to be alive. Uh, um,
2: TJ, Andy, just, tell us more about TJ. Who's
1: TJ? Just, just, just the one pint of piss <laughs> that I had to uh, dodge um, <laughs> from memory. Um,
2: you made that that company a lot of money that night, Andy. Twelve hundred tickets and maybe what five or a pop, ten or a pop.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yeah, something like that. I mean, we had to make up the shortfall from my boss sort of being just rolled over by the Diamonds and filming all their matches for about two hundred and fifty quid with a whole OB unit every time. Um, really? So the guy who ran off that TV was he loved telly. He was he was a bit of an auteur in a kind of local TV way. He just didn't have much of a head for business. That's um, the
2: problem, because you came up with so many great concepts that have been copied. Of course, Pop Idol was co- copied off of you guys, which became a multi-billion pound thing. You know, Death Row Dogs, has been loads. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Gogglebox, apparently. Someone so, so reminded hear, me. Sean,
4: did anyone hear Sean Murphy, you know, the snooker player, um, talking this morning?
1: No. Did, didn't hear it, no.
4: Because he was saying, obviously, he was originally, he used to be like based out of Earthingborough, mm.
2: and then
4: he's in the yeah. semi against K- Kyron Wilson, who's yeah. a Ketwin. You also got Ebden from, like, Wellingborough. What is it with that side of the county? I but don't he was know. Saying, it's weird. Like, oh, but he was saying on the radio this morning, "Oh, so I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a Russian Diamonds man. He's a Ketwin man. I hope it doesn't kick off like it used to in the old days. I don't, I don't think there was that much rivalry what? between. Them. I reckon it was no, the man, same. Honestly, who was right. family, the people used to follow both clubs depending on who was doing well, don't you reckon?
1: Yeah. And there was a very popular snooker club over in Rawns, which um, attracted a lot of the. Because Peter Ebden's a well lad as well, isn't he? Uh, I think
2: um, I think uh, Murphy and that they were proteges of Ebden. So I think Ebden and um, I think Ding Ding Zhonghai, whatever he's called, he came over to train with in Northamptonshire as well. So I think that's what it is. They're, they're sort of all they all know each other. Well, a nice link. Um, when Sean Murphy was, I think, sixteen, um,
1: again, it's on one of my old show reels on VHS. We went to Sean Murphy's house when he was this up-and-coming guy, and they, they, you know, I played a frame of snooker with Sean Murphy on his um, on his table. You know that his dad had built an extension and got him a nice big table and whatnot. And yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. Really nice guy. How
2: did um, you get on with? Did he? Did he thrash you off the?
1: Table. Uh yeah, I, th- I think I beat him. No,
2: <laughs> you liar! Of course I didn't. <laughs> of course I didn't. I thought you were going to say that Sean Murphy was um, Northampton TV karaoke, karaoke challenge winner. I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, it went down to the black that frame. Um, of course it didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, so did a nice little piece of camera, and he he was a super super guy, um, and clearly still is when he's interviewed and stuff um you know very down-to-earth guy but yeah there was a big there was a snooker hall in rawns that was very popular and again we went over there back in the day to do an evening with dennis taylor um did a nice interview with dennis taylor one night and he reeled out the stories that he tells every night of the year um but with a smile and uh you know a bit of irish irish charm and yeah that was nice did you be all all happening back then all happening in the in the town and the county.
2: Andy, did you beat Dennis Taylor as well? Because you seem to have beaten pretty much every world champion of snooker.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I did, actually. Yeah, that was more comfortable that night. Um, yeah, two-century break. Yeah. No, I mean, he he just went, he went through his trick shots. And they were excellent. Just and say, again, I'm getting tired of saying this. I've got all this on DHS somewhere.
3: Bodfish fish
2: on the black for the world championship. <laughs> exactly. The
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, and you tell us quickly, tell us because it's interesting uh, for anyone that can remember Nuffax TV. Didn't there was some sort of early uh, prototype of Gogglebox, wasn't there?
1: Um, well, apparently, I was reminded of this. He says without much faux modesty. Um, so someone reminded me of this only last year. He said, "Gogglebox, you came up with that idea," and i was sort of like, "Yeah, I mean, we used to chat shit about a lot of things." Um, because we, we just used to come up with it with really cheap ideas. You know, um, let's come up with an idea and make sure it doesn't uh, cost too much to make. If it does, let's ring Kingsley Fish Bar. Uh, see if they want to uh, buy an advertising campaign around it. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously. And then the guy who got the Kingsley Fish Bar advertising contract, he 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 turned out to be a thief. He, he, he robbed, he, he, seriously, he robbed the petty cash of North Ants TV and he'd would be, be He'd been putting through these orders and um, getting his commissions um, and, you know, why aren't we f- uh, you, you know, so, oh man totally faulty towers TV style
2: mm. So basically, North Ants TV, if you would have had someone in charge that was, you know, more business minded, you'd have had a Probably 150 million pound franchising pop idol, stroke American idol, all, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, something like, something like Goggle that. Gogglebox is probably it's... worth a few mil. You could have all just been relaxing, you know, own a caravan down by an acro just enjoying your retirement. But that, that, really that, that's capitalism could. for you, Andy. Capitalism. I
1: know, mate. It you know, chews you up, spits you out. It does. It does, mate.
2: But we remember, and we will one day relaunch North TV because we're coming to take take the airways back. Coming to take the televisual. We're gonna do it. Death Row Dogs is ripe for a uh I in the, the other day. Ripe. It's ripe for a remake. <laughs> um we'll have to wrap up now, guys, because we're um heading on for an hour. But I'm just gonna read out a couple more from the tweeters for underrated strikers. Uh Rossi's gone through quite a few. Won't be able to go through them all, but um he went for Paul Hubert's, uh the the Dane Bit of, a, bit of a, a crazy guy, but I, I really liked him. Kenny Dukar, the good doctor. Roy O'Donovan. Luke Norris, who, if you watch This Country on BBC, uh, about the people in the Cotswolds and their Swindon Town fans, they're always slated, the guy is always slating uh, Luke Norris. <laughs> so, uh, it's crap.
3: Everywhere except here, I thought for us, there's a player that's going to want to play Premier League. His touch was okay. incredible. A big, strong, loud yeah. score goals done nothing elsewhere
4: didn't he fall out of boot
2: probably hard to imagine that happening yeah (laughs) yeah let's wrap up now we're going to be here for do another show next week and then that'll be us probably for a couple of weeks over the summer and we'll take a take a little bit of a break and then we'll come back uh, with some sort of Mid-season stuff. Martin's going to talk a lot about baseball for about three hours every week, so uh, that's going to see us <laughs> over the summer. But um, just just to go back to earlier, it's been bugging me at the back of my brain ever since.
1: Go on. It's I've I called him Martin Fisher. It's not Martin Fisher, is it? It's Martin Roberts, the oh, guy who whatever, does. Um,
2: whatever.
1: Yeah, we'll no, it. I know. It's just annoys me. Martin Fisher's a football commentator. Don't worry. Anyway, Andy. I just had to get that off my chest.
2: It was your amazing um, impression that just gave you know, gave us everything we needed that to know. Be so that would
1: Exactly. that'll be it I'll do, do, yeah, I'll do more of Cursed Eelsop next week
2: <laughs> uh, yeah just a couple of underrated strikers before we go back from the 70s by the look of their shirts and stuff <laughs> one of them, Barry Tucker this has come from John Holt uh, and Talos Railways, I've no idea is that some something out of a um, sci-fi, I don't know but anyway that's what he's called um, the second one he's come up with is Quite funny because this is one of the players I gave in the little quiz to Brendan all those weeks ago about real cobblers players and fake ones. Paul Sandercock uh, apparently was not only just a real cobblers player, he was an underrated striker. So, um, yeah, cheers for that. I've got to shoot off now because I'm going to ring up the um, developers of Chicago's. I'm going to say, Halt whatever you're doing in there because we have got the hottest ticket in town. We've got David Seal, we've got Ian Atkins. Andy Bodfish in his tuxedo doing the questioning. Uh, do you reckon Andy, we can sell out 1,200 tickets again? I reckon it's possible. Should we, should we reach for that?
1: Um, I would I think, think so. Uh, socially distance though, please. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's start at ten. Okay. And then, yeah. and, and then, and
2: then, see where we go from there. Just book see a likely. large
3: table. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: I've already promised David Seal 50 grand for this, so we've got to make it up somehow. we we got, we've got, oh, get, the, yeah. got to get that.
1: Yeah. Get my team. old boss at Northance TV to do the brokering.
2: Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, guys, enjoy your weekend. And uh, if you're watching the game or whatever, hopefully we get something out of it. If not, um, we'll be back next week anyway. Take it easy, guys. Cheers, all. Cheers, See mate. you later. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.